0: track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLV.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
1: What are you doing, Wagner? We're doing what we always do, looking at the nexus of sports and fats and just whatever's going on, and this one is perfect. This one is just perfect. Welcome back. Steve Rosenbloom and Rick Camp. He's in for Mark Rody. Rick Camp, of course, the co-founder, co-host, co-eater on the I'm Fat podcast, as well as host here on the Bulls post-game show. And in this one, Rick, I, I, we have, you will join me in loving this. I have a new college baseball favorite, baseball team, okay. University of Virginia. And my favorite player is a, is a guy named Steven Schock. He is their closer. And he's pretty much Rod Beck. If you remember Shooter, the old Cubs closer, this guy's got the the, the long hair streaming out of the back of his cap. He's got the beard. He's got a case strut, a strikeout strut. And he's the kind of guy who throws his glove into the stands after, after they win a game in advance. They play tonight they begin the super sectional tonight but this after recent save he was on a post game show and I need you to listen to this and then give me your appearance give me your opinion of the product in question. Walk into a stadium, 8,000 people they all want you to lose but as long as you got your 26 guys ready to kick out or kick butt you're going to be all right sorry I swear no, you're good, man. Let, let's go back to that last inning, ninth inning. What are the emotions like entering that inning? Well, emotions are go in, win. I heard a fan offer free dipping dots if I blew it, which the price of dipping dots with inflation is just unreal. So for a brief moment, I was like, damn, dipping dots sound good. But also, I thought in the back of my head, we win today, we win tomorrow, or tonight. We're going to be here another day. That's more per diem. So that means I can buy my own dipping Dots and be a winner. So it's like, you know, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to attack.
2: That is a man after my own cholesterol-filled heart. That is... That's... I mean, there's multi-levels there. There is just... Like, he has the closer mentality, so you appreciate that outside of the fatness. There is someone acknowledging that maybe he would be willing to blow this game for Dippin' Dots. <laughs> the knowledge of the pricing of the Dippin' Dots, which I 100% agree, is uh-huh. just outrageous. By the way, there's at um, 7-Elevens, I have seen, So I don't remember the name of it, but it's like not Dippin' Dots, essentially. It's like the same thing, but different branding. Uh, So I find that interesting. It's the first time I've seen it anywhere outside of like a ball game or a fair or something like that. That is really interesting. So, and the fact that he considered it gets my ultimate respect.
3: There was a, a, this just reminded me, there was the place that I worked at the summer between my uh, high school and college was, is basically like an amusement park, but they had dipping dots. And the key was to get friendly with the people that, Handed out the Dippin' Dots because they would just give it to you for free, and that was amazing. Oh. That was a great summer. I, I ate a lot of Dippin' Dots that summer.
1: There you go. I I became acquainted with Dippin' Dots when a Dippin' Dots truck was rolled into the Ritz Carlton for a bar mitzvah I was to which I was invited. That was the start of dessert, the dessert parade. But there's the whole Dippin' Dots cart being rolled in, going. I can get used to this. Right. So, anyways, that's Stephen Schock of the University of Virginia. I think we have a rooting interest now in the College World Series. Rick, you agree? You're you good with me on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nothing can be more boring than Virginia basketball, so I might as well root for Virginia baseball. So, right. I am one hundred percent here for that.
3: And is he going to be in the tournament of fat next year? Because I feel like he's worthy of a at least a
2: play in spot. I will. Uh, I'll, I'll. I'll let some tea spill here. A lot of time, how this works, if I remember, sure. If I don't, which is very likely, then possibly not. You have to
3: <laughs> set a reminder for next year at some point.
2: Every year, Jay and I, like after March Fatness is done, we're like, oh, we forgot this. We forgot this. We forgot this. We're like, yeah, this upcoming year, you know what I'm going to do in my phone? I'm just going to have a note like in the notes app just like okay just mark things down throughout the year so that I don't forget them and then you know what I do in like 3 weeks forget
1: forget to put it into your phone
2: because I'm we smart often,
1: we often check the national day calendar national whatever kind of day it is so like for instance in some some places this is national thesaurus thesaurus day which always brings up the question of what's another word for a thesaurus but this is also National Jerky Day and National Peanut Butter Cookie Day. We'd like your opinion on those, Rick.
2: Well, you can keep the peanut butter cookies because peanut butter is disgusting.
1: <laughs> See, yeah,
3: I don't peanut know if you butter- knew this, Steve. Rick Rick Camp is not a fan of peanut butter.
2: Peanut butter is gross. I And this is not a bit either. This is me legitimately... I hate the taste of peanut butter almost as much as I hate the smell of peanut butter. So, like, it's really... Uh, so, here's a story that... My senior year of high school, like my, um, I'm hanging out with my girlfriend and we end up kissing and she didn't tell me she got new chapstick. It was like Reese's peanut butter cup chapstick because we're in high school. And I pushed myself away and was like, what was that? And she was like, oh, I got this new chapstick. Like she, I guess she didn't know at that point that I didn't like peanut butter. And I was like... If you want to do this right now, you got to wipe that off your face because I can't I can't push through peanut butter flavored uh, chapstick.
3: Okay. Wow. I that's have a tough So how do you get There there's such thing as peanut butter What was it? Reese's peanut butter cup flavored chapstick? That yeah. was a thing?
2: It was. Now mind you this was like this was like 2000 fall of 03, I think. So this was a minute ago.
3: That's incredible. I've never heard of, like, can't like legitimate candy-flavored chapstick. I've also never dove in much past, like, the just generic-flavored
2: chapstick. Well, yeah, I assume this was at, like, Claire's or something, because high school girls. Like, that's a, making a generality. A lot of times, Claire's is involved. So that that's my guess for that period of time. But I was so caught off guard that, like, I felt bad for my reaction. But it was one of those where I was like, oh, like... I've I've just being that revolted like that quickly was surprising to me.
3: And so it's it's a wonder why that relationship didn't
2: last, huh? Hey, some things are unavoidable.
1: That's right. So okay, how
2: about jerky? Love jerky. Uh, actually, a guy who uh, spent some time at the score, Steven Johnson. He was one of the uh, score fantasy football experts. Works at a place that sells a bunch of jerky out in Elgin. So uh, I would, and he's very good on uh, fantasy sports. So I would look him up. But uh, love beef jerky. One, I I, whenever I go for it because I'm I'm lazy and I don't really want to look for different places necessarily. Like you can get me the Jack Links. I'm here for Bridgeford. Like, but always the peppered. I'm here for peppered beef jerky. Like that flavor. Like the teriyaki is okay. You know your barb. Even it's kind of weird for beef jerky. I'm not as big of a fan of barbecue but peppered beef jerky is where it's at.
1: Okay. All right. Glad you weighed in on that. There is a real
3: quick, sorry to interrupt. There is, I don't I don't know how often either of you go to Costco, but the jerky that they have there is Korean barbecue beef jerky. Actually, it might be, it might not even be beef. It might be a uh, like Turkey jerky or something like that. It doesn't matter. It's <sighs> imagine. It's, I, I, know. I, know. Jerky. I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm talking to the wrong guy here, but I promise it's delicious.
2: Okay. I'll take your word for it. Yeah,
1: the thin <laughs> the thin guy's telling you what's delicious. I'm not sorry. You got, you got no credibility, Trampanda. Right. It's just not working. Yeah, like hey, I know uh, my food.
2: I mean, to be fair, fat is a mindset and a lifestyle as That's much true. as it is a literal body size. So, like, they, I respect some people that will work out some so that they can eat as much as they want and basically not have to look like me. I respect that.
3: I'm not saying that was my primary motivation for all my marathons, but it was one of them. Well, running a marathon is is kind of dumb. Inherently stupid, it, yes. It, it
2: it really is. Like credit to people that are able to do it. I've by the way, how funny is it that in the last two marathons that the score is broadcast, I have been an on-site reporter. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, I love known the known running I, expert, Rick Kemp. <laughs> And, and that is, the, the I'm Fat Podcast has grown as we approach 100 episodes. The I'm Fat Podcast has merch. And I proudly wear the I'm Fat Podcast shirt that says, the, the t-shirt that you sent me that has all the french fries on it. The, the Holy Grail is the marathon shirt, the 0.0 shirt, that. Is the merch of a lifetime. I commend
2: that idea. I, I love. that. I really wish I could claim coming up with that, but that was that was a Jay Zawoski original. But just in case people are interested, yes. like on the I'm Fat Podcast Twitter page at I'm Fat Pod, we have a link tree link that like gets you to all of our different stuff. Click on the the uh, T Public one. We have what is it now? Nine different designs that you can get. Uh, I already know that the first time I go to a Sox game, which hopefully, well, the next time I should say I go to a Sox game, uh, I will be wearing my Fat Guy Summer t-shirt. Because, you know, sure. you hear Hot Girl Summer and all this stuff. What about fat guys? Because, you know, yeah. if there's does one if there's Eric, one group Rick? that's always, you know, excluded, it's guys. Uh, <laughs> does, it, so.
1: does it come with air conditioning, Rick? Because a fat guy summer seems to require an, a, that kind of accoutrement.
2: Fair. Uh, what I recommend, and this may be something that I have in my car right now is I have the, uh, the old, uh, sweat rag. So, you know, you just swap that out every few days because Hey, it's going to be warm. So oh uh, yeah, it's something that it's just a requirement, but yeah, a couple of options. We have the newest one is we have the uh, proud mother of a fat shirt or mug or whatever logo that we have. I appreciate that one. And, um, I wear my onion ring of honor t-shirt proudly, with definitely not Andy Reid for copyright purposes, with holding pizza in one hand, bacon in another, and with one foot on top of an air conditioner.
1: I think that's terrific, and definitely if, if, if definitely not Andy Reid. Definitely, definitely not Andy Reid. No, I mean, the
2: hat doesn't say KC. It says fat on it, so right. totally it different.
1: Um, all right, uh, 40 years ago today, Raiders of the Lost Ark was released. And the several notes, thanks to Carl Quintanilla of CNBC, he's just brilliant when it comes to this. But the, it, the movie was originally called The Adventures of Indiana Smith. Spielberg, <laughs> it was. Almost as generic and, as Jones. Yes, right. But Spielberg later said Jones sounded more natural to the character. George Lucas was working on this thing in 1973. And it took seven years for it to come out. So if you're, we always go through this with movies. If we, if we're lucky to find all this, and um, find out the other players in the screen uh, being considered. There was more than just a, someone other than Harrison Ford being considered. It was originally scheduled to star somebody else as Indiana Jones. Any idea who? Going back to 1979-80, movie was made, movie was released. Any thoughts?
2: Huh, well, neither of us were, al- you know, between Studs oh, okay, and I, don't we weren't this alive. alive.
1: You, you studied presidents of the United States, you weren't alive then either, okay? Don't give me that crap. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I hate snakes, shot. I hate you. Yeah, well, I have...
1: actually, Harrison Ford loves snakes, by the way, so he loved that scene.
2: Yeah. Go ahead. And we know Go he ahead. loves planes too, so you know that's another option he could have gone <laughs> yeah, with.
1: He's <laughs> not, not good. He's not as good with that. Well, we're going to flip all the cards. Originally slated to play Indiana, but rejected due to the but rejected the offer due to obligations on Magnum PI was Tom Selleck.
3: Oh, that's, I was wow. si- I was sitting here trying to think of the guy's name. Like, I knew who it was. I could picture, like, his mustache, and I couldn't think of his damn name. Was, like, I knew that. Oh, damn well, it.
1: well, damn it. Sorry, this is, you didn't buzz in. You don't get the Jeopardy points. So that boulder, the famous boulder chase, mm-hmm. the boulder was made of 300 pounds of plaster wood fiber gas. But, but that was really Harrison Ford. That was not a stuntman. And he not only shot it, he not only did it, it was from five different camera angles and two times each. Spielberg later said, I was lucky and I was an idiot for letting him try to do that.
3: Why would you let any human do that?
2: Why would well, you want to run like that?
1: Well, So many questions. He, it's all <laughs> acting. It's method acting is the real thing.
2: This is so this, remind, this is why I couldn't be an actor. This is reminding That's
3: me of... <laughs> In, in the Simpsons, when they're like, they have radioactive man tied to this large pole, and they're f- supposed to be filming a movie, and they're they're gonna throw this huge vat of acid through this valley, and the guy, the director, right before they take, goes, "All right, now that's real acid, so I want to have goggles, people." <laughs> oh,
2: yeah,
3: <that's> good. <laughs> and, and <laughs> radioactive man puts on his goggles, and he's getting dragged away. Ah, the goggles uh, do nothing. <laughs>
1: So Indiana Jones was very was famous for the the whip, the bull whip. Yeah. Spielberg always apparently always imagined Indiana Jones with a bull whip, and Harrison Ford pulled it off pretty good. But it took a while to get his wrist in shape, because he in his early Hollywood days he earned money as a carpenter, and he injured his wrist in a fall off a ladder. While doing something at Valerie Harper's house, he was fixing something as a carpenter at Rhoda's house when the bullwhip snapping Indiana Jones hurt his wrist. I had never heard that story before, or that part of it. So you remember Salah? John Rice Davies was the uh, actor. Salah? Yeah. Helping helping Indy? Yes. Do you know who was originally offered the part? Don't hold back now, Trash Panda. I actually don't know this one. Danny DeVito. (laughs) No way! (laughs) Way. That's amazing! Way!
4: (laughs) Uh, Way!
1: All right, the most famous scene in the movie is what? In which movie? In India. Oh, oh, we're talking about the first
3: one. Duh, okay,
1: my bad. What's the most famous? Well, in all of them, arguably, this is the most famous scene in all of them.
3: When the Nazis get their faces melted by the arc?
1: Yep, that's it. So Tote's head was made of a multi-layered compound of gelatin and then shot in time-lapse as it was melted by a dryer. (laughs) I just love the idea. They're holding it as a dryer and as a time-lapse, and then then, that's how they made the Nazi faces melt. I just think that's great. I love learning all that stuff. That's fantastic. 40 years ago and then thirty thirty nine 39 years ago this week et was released i still get choked up at the end of that what do you mean
2: i'm I'm not a big i I think when i first saw it et creeped me out so then i never really went back to it i'm the same way but i've
3: since why
2: wait why did it creep you out i don't know weird looking
3: Just I'll I'll say just for some reason, the general vibe of the movie gives me like creepy feelings. I don't know why. Like it just wears me out. But I will say having since gone back and watched the ending, really, I just the last half an hour is all you need to see. Because I agree with with Steve. It's a tearjerker every single time.
2: Yeah. See, I haven't gone. I haven't gone back to it in, you know, oh, probably a good 15 years like since my little since my littlest brother was like small enough and watching it for the first time uh yeah i haven't seen it in forever so maybe i'm due to maybe i'll like queue up the last half hour and i'll reassess but yeah i'm the whole et like i'm a sucker for a vast majority of movies from when i was a kid but like et never did it for me for whatever reason
1: well i still tear up at it and i should be I should be used to it by now but I know it's coming. But then I kind of choke up at every field of dreams when a he, hey, dad want to have a catch and yep. and I that that's that still happens. But here's the here's the thing I didn't realize until all these things lined up like this. So that's 39 years ago. So ET Spielberg does ET comes out smash. And then the year before Raiders of the Lost Ark, Spielberg does that. The year before that, he was coming off 1941, that bomb of a movie. This is a guy who knows how to rally. <laughs> this is a guy who knows how Seriously. to get back.
2: Oh, my God.
1: So you're familiar. Do you follow the uh, Super 70s Sports Twitter? Yeah, site?
2: absolutely. I love I love that stuff, even though right. it's obviously from before I was born. I think it's cool as hell what that's, that account does.
1: Ricky Cobb, a local guy, my my uh, friend Bogosian at the Tribune wrote about him. Ricky Cobb um, started the site, and it's been going. Here's here's how you've reached a certain level of phenomena phenomenal. He tweeted out a picture of Rod Carew in a Twins uniform, and the caption said, "Every photo of Rod Carew swinging looks like it was a hit." So that. Tweet was retweeted with a quote from Rod Carew that says it was comma left field. <laughs> that's that's good. That's, a, that's accomplishing something. That's that's how you get there.
4: It really is. Um,
1: now that it we, since we're discussing movies, have you um, are you Star Wars fans? I'm not sure what you guys like anymore.
2: I have never been a Star. I- it never did it for me. I've seen okay. I saw the original one, and I've seen uh, episode one, and that was only because they needed like the people we were with at the time, my family, needed to get like the kids out of the house. They're like, eh. it was like almost like the arrested de- or the arrested development scene of here's some money, go see a Star Wars. Like that, <laughs> that's pretty much what this was. <laughs> So, I don't know. I am one of the very few that Star Wars just didn't hit.
3: I'm a a, a big yes on this one. It's honestly Star Wars is in my top two or three things that I nerd out really hard about. Like, I'm obsessed with Star Wars.
1: Okay. Whether you're obsessed with Star Wars or don't care for it, Mark Hamill is one of the great Twitter follows going. A woman named Carol Bianchi... Who just a normal follower Twitter? She got a spot on Twitter. She sends out a message to his Mark Hamill's to at Hamill himself. And her message, her tweet says, "To be honest, at Hamill himself could tweet anything, and that's all caps, and he would still get thousands of likes. I mean, totally anything, bang bang bang." laughing face emoji. So Mark Hamill tweeted out all caps, just the word anything. And I got 126,000 likes.
2: Well, that's a flex.
4: <laughs> that's good.
1: <laughs> Not to
4: brag or anything
3: my. guys, but Mark Hamill's liked my replies on his tweets multiple times.
1: Look at you. Look, look at you. you have your <clears throat> humble brag there.
3: Humble brag, Luke Skywalker liked my tweets. No big deal.
1: Okay, we have more to we have we have (laughs) yeah we have more to discuss on what are you doing, Wagner, including some I'm Fat podcast news, and I've I got a dish for the I'm Fat podcast to rate, and um, some baseball players Mm -hmm. who had trouble with the basic rules of the game. So we'll get back to more of this.
2: I actually Uh, have a baseball note too for it. I don't know
1: how believable
2: I, it is, but I have a baseball note.
1: Well, we'll come back with that. I'm I, that that we call in Dave Wanslet's business, a tease. People, he's Rick Camp. I'm Steve Rosenbloom, Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
1: Back to what are you doing, Wagner? Part two, part of Saturday Suckage. Rick Camp in for Mark Grody. Steve Rosenblum here, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The Score. So White Sox fans, you'll be interested to know there was a as long as we're doing show anniversaries, um, the anniversary of the 14th anniversary of the uh, Sopranos finale. And White Sox fans would know what's very significant about that. And it almost didn't happen as Steve Perry relates this story that he didn't want to sign off on that song, Don't Stop Believin' being used.
4: I kind of held out. The reason I held out was I really didn't want to see a Scorsese moment where everybody gets whacked with this song playing, you know? Scorsese (laughs) wouldn't do that, right? He plays these amazing songs while everybody's getting mowed down. So there was rumor that somebody in the Soprano family was going to get it, you know. And um, I didn't know because David Chase wasn't talking. And so I told the the girl who does my sub-licensing that unless I get a a little bit more information, I really don't feel comfortable saying, go ahead. So I held out, and I held out for weeks. And come Thursday before the airing on Sunday... They finally called at 4.30 California time and said, okay, this is what happens. But he has to swear he won't tell nobody. So, and I don't care. I won't. I promise, you know. So, um, they told me what happened. They told me the whole thing, the dialing, looking at the, the, putting the quarter in, the whole thing. They did not tell me it goes to black. They didn't tell me that. That's okay. At least nobody got whacked. But, uh, uh, you know, um. Uh, I loved the way it was used. I really did because what happened was, Tony's he sits here and he he goes. He comes through this little jukebox by the table, and I think it's a heart song. And then it goes and it says, "Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a journey song." And then you see, I think you see a Tony Bennett song. And, and then they cut back well, to him. Well, you paid very close attention. Right, right? Right? Yeah. right? Then it cuts back to him tight, and he reaches his pocket, and he gets a quarter, and they cut to the machine, he pops it in, he pushes a couple of numbers, and they cut back to him, and he's just looking around. All of a sudden, Don't Stop Believing starts. And what it says is, oh, my God, he loves Journey. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he just passed on Tony Bennett. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Steve Perry talking about "Don't Stop Believing." Him. SiriusXM. He was talking to Katie Couric, who was there. That's I awesome. had heard that story. I White Sox fan. See, he got him to sign off on that. Can
2: I? Can I give you a a, a Sopranos note that I learned recently? Yes. Okay. Certainly. This was uh, well. I'll I'll ask the question and then after I'll say where I heard it. Uh, do you know the context of the last time James Gandolfini and Edie Falco were in character in a scene together?
1: The con- So the f- scenes being shot out of order. So the last scene they shot together. This
2: was not technically on the show. This was after the show wrapped. So it was essentially they both agreed to reprise their role for something very specific. Not necessarily I... show related.
1: I have no idea. Share with the class,
2: Rick. It was the New York Knicks pitch video to LeBron James in the summer of 2010. Was it really? Yeah. So I was. So the Athletic put out a, a an eight part podcast, essentially on the James Dolan years, and and it's called Shattered. Chuck D does the narration for it. It's really well oh, done. Oh yeah. And
1: okay.
2: and they have an entire episode dedicated to the summer of LeBron and how they got to the point where they could maybe get him and another star and all that kind of thing. And they went into detail about the pitch video and Edie Falco was in for doing it. And I guess Gandolfini is just such a big was such a big Knicks fan that he was in and Edie pretty much said, well, I mean, shoot, if you can get James to do it, I'll do it. And Gandolfini agreed to do it. So that was the last time they were ever in character together in front of a camera was to try and get LeBron James to join the Knicks.
1: Wow. That's good knowledge. That's dropping stuff there. That's, I had no idea. All right. Did not. Did I had to work? provide something. Yes, you did. Um, I had, I, I do recall you having a baseball nugget that you wanted to, to share in the, what are you doing? Wagner segment of our show.
2: Well, it fits perfect for this show because I'm like 99% sure. And by 99, I mean 100% sure this is not real. However, I find it funny that uh, Suspetus Family Barbecue on Twitter tweeted out that yesterday, Shohei Otani became the first player since 1836 to throw a 99-mile-an-hour pitch, hit a 114-plus-mile-an-hour ball, in terms of exit velocity, and balked twice in an inning since, Goggles McFlurry was the name they gave out.
1: Wait, is that a, a real player's name, or is that a new product at, at McDonald's? Well,
2: Goog- uh, Google said that this basically that this isn't real. However, I don't care because A, the name is funny, and B, uh-huh. it hits at one of my things that annoys me the most is when you get – Well, this person is the first to do these six or seven different categories together. They're the first to ever have, like, they do this Uh ton of basketball, like 25 points, 15 assists, three rebounds, and two steals on the second Thursday of the month. (laughs) And it's like, okay, what does this actually mean? So I just love that this pokes fun at that. Because, you know, StatCast in 1836 was really great. To be able to get yes. all these numbers.
1: Yes, it was. Well, there there were there was such a, there was a one of the notes that came out nine plus stolen bases and sixty plus strikeouts as a pitcher in a single season. So this is all Shohei Otani, twenty in 2021, 2018, and nineteen oh one Nixie Callahan, those kind of things. That's what you're talking. But what about this? What about a high OPS? in among regular season players to appear in 10 plus games at four different positions. You, fi- how you fix for that, for all that, all those caveats.
2: Oh, what was it? F4? OPS Highest yeah. OPS. Okay.
1: In a single season among uh-huh. players who appeared in at least 10 games at four different positions.
2: That is, that is so random.
1: Yes. But it, on the top of the list is Stan Musial. In 1950, first base and all three outfield positions at 1.034. And this was brought up recently because Chris Bryant this week was at 991, which would have put him fourth at first base, third base, left field, right field, and now center field. But he hasn't played 10 games, but he, he played it the other day, or started the other day. And third on this list is Pedro Guerrero first base, third base, left field, and center field. And it always catches my eye when they have Guerrero playing a lot of different positions. He was a fearsome hitter, but the Dodgers kept trying to hide him cuz he was a horrible fielder. Whether it was at third or first or left field or right field, whatever it was. And there was the story goes, one time Lasorda has a team meeting and he's talking about getting ready for a game, playing defense, getting ready to play defense. And he points at, at Guerrero. Pete, Pete, you're playing third base. What are you thinking as the batter gets ready? And Guerrero says, don't hit the ball to me. <laughs> and Elisorga says, all right, what are you thinking next? And Guerrero says, don't hit the ball to sacks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's really good.
1: Yeah, it is.
2: Don't hit the ball to me, the Aloy Jimenez
4: story.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's it. Don't put him out there. <laughs> All right, we, uh, we'll take a break. Thank you for joining us for What Are You Doing, Wagner? We have, we have by request. We are all request radio as Rick Camp. We have uh, Rick Camp rolled down his windows, and he heard something. And so normally we do what Mark heard on this show. Mark Rody's not here. But now we're going to do what Rick heard, and we'll bring all that back to close out the show. He's Rick Camp. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score.
4: How about we listen to a little bit of music? How did you know? I love this song. Making
2: my way downtown, walking fast, faces fast, and I'm homebound.
0: And I need you. And I miss you. And now I
2: wonder if I could fall into the sky.
1: Yeah, all right, that's Trash Panda spinning the disc and me interrupting and waiting for to bring you Rick Camp. What Rick heard, because this was, <laughs> this was quite a thing, and you can imagine the improbability of <clears throat> two names being put next to one another, Rick Camp and...
2: Well, that was, so that was the scene from the 2004 cinematic classic White Chicks starring the Waynes (laughs) Brothers, and you heard in that scene Terry Crews with just, like, belting out the song, you know, belting out 1,000 Miles, because yesterday I'm driving home from the station, so I drive out to Lombard, so I'm on Eisenhower, and I drive past a guy with his windows down who looks very similar to me, and so I was caught off guard, When the song that you heard after that clip coming back, he is belting Toxic by Britney Spears. So it just made me think of songs that, and maybe this isn't as relevant now because people aren't listening, you know, aren't listening to FM radio necessarily quite as much as they had before of song that even if it's not in your like musical wheelhouse, when you hear it on the radio or on a playlist or whatever it ends up being, you're belting that song out. It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, I could see where that would be someone who looks like you, and you're here, and and you're 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 doing a double take when Toxic comes on. That's that's a thing. You know what? I get it
3: because, as especially as someone that was, I I, I can't remember exactly how old I was, but a young boy growing up, the music video for Toxic is one of the greatest oh, videos yeah. of all time.
2: It's, it, it's useful.
1: So. <laughs> How is it useful? Why don't you two explain? Share with the class. I'd rather how not that's elaborate useful. further. <laughs> how, how, explain how your feckless youth became better with toxic. Or Use more abbreviated
2: for studs. <laughs> 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 but no, it's, like, that. I mean, that song's a banger. Don't get me wrong. It is, but
3: the music video is an all-timer.
2: It, it, it is. So, like, I was thinking, for me, number one of, like, songs that people probably wouldn't expect when it's on I am belting that out. Is uh, "Chandelier" by Sia? Every time, every time that's on, I don't care that you know. To you know, it doesn't matter to me to to say that like in my liked on uh, Spotify that song is there. I don't care. Like you can have in my Spotify if I just hit like you know shuffle on likes. You could go from Stevie Wonder to Parliament to Biggie to Sia. That's something that could happen. It's possible. But, you know, like that's one of them. Or because I was in middle school at like turn of the century, pretty much anything boy band related, whether I want to admit it or not, I probably know at least a verse of some of the songs. So if it's Backstreet, if it's NSYNC, here we go. I'm not singing it, but I know it. Well, you see,
3: the thing is, I I thought about that when you brought this up in the emails, Rick. I was trying to think. Like, oh, what would this be for me? And I, I didn't consider NSYNC and Backstreet Boys or even Britney Spears that because I legitimately listened to them. So at one point, it was in my musical wheelhouse. Maybe not so much now, yeah. but it was. Like, yeah, I'm like you. I, I knew, a, like, all the NSYNC songs. Like I had all their albums. I don't know if I got the last one. I can't remember. I might have grown out of it by then. But I had the Backstreet Boy albums. Like, I was on it. But I will say the one that came to mind was, especially when I was in high school, this song was really popular, Grills by Nelly. If you can yes. picture a 16-year-old white kid driving a Chrysler Sirius, Sirius and just <laughs> blasting this song, that was me.
1: Uh-huh.
2: That's amazing.
1: I, would, I, I It depends. Now, you're sort of looking at it like, okay, what, what from the outside, what do I appear to be, right? You're looking at the... the the let's let's all draw our biases against what you look like rick the i'm fat guy or studs looking like wow this real you know, i'm not going to listen to boy band stuff and here i am so i would guess if that were the case um it would i would be i would be belting out pour some sugar on me i don't know if that's surprising or not but that would be
2: i mean maybe not knowing you or, or i should say yeah knowing you it's not as surprising but, okay, yeah, because well, about- it's, it's like the mix of what you actually listen to as your norm with what people think. Because, like, the, it also applies for me. Like, people look at me and they're like, this guy loves wrestling and hockey. And it's like <laughs> oh for 2 on that one. But I love <laughs> yeah, the NBA. So figure that one out.
1: <laughs> he likes onion rings. Yeah, I would. Okay, in that case, but the if the caveat, if the, the – um, Room, the closet, the cubbyhole it has to be in is is whatever might come up on radio. I would I am willingly, freely, and just unprovoked, belting out, be our guest. I oh, yeah. be our guest, be our guest. Put our service to the test. Wrap your napkin round your neck, Cherie, and we'll provide the rest. Soup du jour, hot hors d'oeuvres, why we only live to serve. Try the great stuff, it's delicious, don't believe me? Ask the dishes, we can sing, we can dance. After all, miss, this is France, and a dinner here is never second best. Go on, unfold your menu, take a glance, and then you'll be our guest. We are guest, be our guest. I will do that. That's incredible.
3: That. I'm setting that Tanny right to Tanny <laughs>
1: right now. <laughs> All right. Well, I can also do King George from Hamilton. That's you say <laughs> the I, you price know, of my funny. love's not a price that you're willing to pay. By the way, that mid—I know
2: I'm not breaking any news here. The like early to mid '90s for Disney. I don't know that there's a better stretch because there's like individual movies here and there now. And of course, I'm older, so it's a different perspective. But like, it was just hit after hit after hit, and it wasn't yeah. necessarily just because of the Disney machine. I mean, that run of movies is pretty there's, incredible. Yeah, there's
3: at least four all timers. You got Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, Toy Story, all within. I can't five remember. years yeah, within it's, five yeah. years or so. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible.
1: Uh, I love. Oh, sorry. Rosy. I love Little Mer. No, Little Mermaid too. I would. Oh, yeah, Little I Little Mermaid. I love Sebastian yeah. the crab under the sea. But and and that that was, I, the, the the regret most parents will have, and at least in my <clears throat> wheelhouse, is why do my kids grow up? And then I need another excuse to go see movies. And then you finally realize, you don't need another excuse to go see the movies. Go see them. And and they're wonderful. They're they're
2: wonderfully done. Oh, so, Steve, are you a uh, go to the movie by yourself guy?
1: No, no, I don't like doing that. I I go to I not even go to the movies. Not even my love of layered buttered popcorn and real Coke. I I don't like doing it by myself. I need I want the company. I want somebody there. Mm-hmm. I want to discuss it. I want to I don't know the 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 trailers, the previews. I want all that. Are you? Do you guys go to movies by yourself? I
2: never have, but I'm considering it for In the Heights. I really want to see In the Heights in theater because I feel like it's just going to sure. be that much better there, oh, yeah. and I'm considering going by myself just because like, I know in the next couple weeks my schedule's crazy, so I have such a narrow window that I'm not even bothering trying to get anybody else to like fit my schedule, so I'm debating doing that by myself.
3: I have gone to see several movies by myself, but... A a couple of them were just, you know, how I mentioned earlier, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. So I saw when The Force Awakens came out, I saw that at midnight, the night it came out naturally. And don't laugh.
1: (laughs) No, What what were you dressed as?
2: I didn't dress up. (laughs) I didn't dress up.
3: I considered dressing up, but I did not. What what
2: What would you have dressed up as if you did?
3: I don't know, a Jedi, I guess. The lightsaber. And a sweet cool. Room. Yeah. I'm super cool. And so, and anyway, three days later, so I saw it at midnight on a Thursday, and that, ne- that next Sunday, I'm sitting around on like a Sunday afternoon. This is when I was living in Bloomington, and I was like, I need to go see it again. So I got up off my couch and went to the movie theater, like just immediately by myself and, and saw that alone, but it's not the only one I've seen alone.
1: No, I like the shared experience, discuss it afterwards, that kind of stuff, just whatever. I can't, I can't do that. I, one time when the Bulls were, one of the, 97 or 98, we were in Utah for one of the finals. And I do recall I went into a movie theater by myself. I got the buttered popcorn layered and a Coke, and I took it back to my room to write that's that's how i spent the afternoon how you to right see there. a movie but i wanted the popcorn and the coke i love that that's the way it works all right rick you survived yes you 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 helped us promote suckage i don't think you'll be back next week because i think you made too much sense especially talking bulls and that's a real shame for us uh real shame for you but congratulations on on surviving three hours of suckage it was great hosting with you
2: it was a pleasure yeah we'll go with a pleasure yeah let's do that all right <laughs>
1: that's rick camp <laughs> check out the i'm fat podcast coming up on 100 episodes we'll have him back when we discuss that when it reaches it steve Rosenbloom saying thanks for listening trash panda over there chicago sports radio 670 to score It wouldn't have been possible if we
2: weren't here to be told how much we suck. So, kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do.
1: Oh, yes. Wait a minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait,
4: wait.
2: Oh, yeah. That's it. And Rick Camp in studio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.